Tuesdays are all about the y'all. Hello, welcome in to the Tuesday edition of the show that's all about the South. I'm your host, John Rawl. Good to have you back. Here is a foretaste of the feast to come here on this y'all show. We've got a look at what's on y'all.com in the next segment. We have some exciting things, especially about county festivals and state fairs throughout the southern states. We've got a little bit of that to tell you about when we get to our next segment. And at the end of this hour, we'll have our Southern Political Report. And you don't want to miss this. James Varney is coming on from the Washington Times. He is an excellent writer, was with the Times-Picayune in New Orleans for many, many years. And he's going to be our special guest here at the bottom of the hour to give us a little taste of what's going on political in the South. In fact, he wrote a story that was on the website, WashingtonTimes.com, over the weekend, all about Doug Jones, the U.S. Senator from the state of Alabama. Is Doug Jones going to be able to hold on to his seat in 2020 when he's up for re-election? And we'll talk to Mr. Varney about that. Plus, he wrote an article about the Louisiana governor's race. It is really getting crazy in the Pelican State. So we'll get his take on Alabama, on Louisiana, and other political happenings across the Southland and nation when later this hour, James Varney of the WashingtonTimes.com is going to be our special guest and you'll be sure to enjoy that period when we have our Southern Political Spotlight. In the second hour of today's Y'all Show, we all started out with a little sports land yet. We've got some various headlines to pass along to you, including the passage of a great of Tennessee football from the 1950s has died right around the age of 90 years old. One of Tennessee, the legendary programs of the 1950s and 60s and a key player for both the Tennessee football and baseball teams has passed away. We'll tell you about that in our sports line yet then last week we had sec and acc media days aplenty on this show well we do not want to leave out the big 12 conference and so in sports line yep in hour two you're going to hear from the head coach of the texas longhorns tom herman also the coach of the defending big 12 champs i think they've won it the last couple of years oklahoma coach lincoln riley at the podium in arlington last week and also you'll hear from the new coach of the texas tech red raiders matt wells who has something in common with me and we'll discuss that in our sports land yet in hour two then we'll have the barrister of bodacious barbecue back on us with us on hour two as he'll be telling you about appetizers aplenty we found a special spot in austin texas and a special spot in memphis tennessee and we're going to kind of dive headfirst into the appetizers that you'll find at those places and how you might could turn those appetizers into your own appetizing delight all that coming up in our barrister of bodacious barbecue report in our to want to remind you that on Wednesday we'll be on with an ACC report from Jonathan Lifehite. Precious Harris will all have all the good stuff coming from Nashville with the country music news and Nashville music line. On Thursday we'll keep the music going as we'll have a very special guest, Rhonda Vincent, the queen of bluegrass music will be our special guest and we'll also have a look at books and the sec on thursday so much coming your way here on the show that's all about the south if you want to connect to us here on the y'all show we welcome that our number is 803-816-1170 803-816-1170 
1170. Our website is y'all.com, and you can always find us on the streaming apps, iHeartRadio, the iTunes podcast, and the TuneIn TuneIn apps, all free of charge. All you have to do is go on and search for Y'all Show and click the the like, the link to subscribe, whatever the case may be, and you'll be all set to get us each and every day. Well, hope your Tuesday is going well. We're going to start our headlines from throughout the South, and just when you didn't want to hear anything more about Mother Nature, we've got news from the tropics to pass along, as late on Monday, the National Hurricane Center put out a release that a tropical depression has formed in the Bahamas, and it's being called right now Tropical Depression 3, I believe is its name, and it's located about 120 miles or off of West Palm Beach, Florida, 120 miles with maximum sustained winds of 30 miles per hour. Present movement, this was as, as of last night, northwest or at 13 miles per hour. And interest in the northwest Bahamas and the east coast of Florida right now should monitor the progress of this system. So we know it's a tr- tropical depression three located again just off of Florida, although more than 100 miles away, 120 miles west uh, or southeast of west palm beach florida keeping an eye on the tropics right now look out for rainfall rainfall amounts of one to three inches are expected across the bahamas and the east coast of florida through tuesday but this could materialize and become something more than this tropical depression three if it catches the right gulf stream or more we hope not but that is what's going on go to y'all.com for the latest on tropical depression three forming in the bahamas and all the developments that will be coming as a result of it. Now, here's some good news. As the Mississippi River has dropped enough to begin closing a big spillway, and this is right at the Lake Pontchartrain spillway, the river's finally low enough to, again, let the Army Corps of Engineers begin closing a huge spillway after the record-breaking run diverting water into the Lake Pontchartrain, the passageways there. The Corps of Engineers said in a news release that about 10 of the 168 open bays in the Bonnie Carey spillway would be closed by day's end. And a spokesperson for the Corps says full closing is expected to take about a week with daily checks to make sure the river remains low enough to avoid stressing New Orleans levees. The spillway was created to limit the river's rush past New Orleans, keeping it below 1.25 million cubic feet per second. So the good news is the river is down enough to where they can start closing some of the spillways around the New Orleans area as the amount of water passed through the spillway is going down. In fact, on May 21st and 22nd, 161,000 cubic feet per second was passing through the spillway, and now it's down to just under half that at 79,000 cubic feet per second. Welcome news to the Pelican State and everybody in the lower Mississippi River Valley with the river now getting a little bit less flood-like i know it's been tough for west tennessee for mississippi and more but maybe some good news coming to those on the mighty mississippi a federal lawsuit claims a tennessee state senator and other officials at a now shuttered pain clinic company defrauded medicare and medicaid of more than 25 million dollars a complaint filed monday in nashville by federal and state authorities claims comprehensive pain specialist and republican state senator steve dickerson and others submitted claims for unnecessary procedures and falsified documents. Dickerson is a Nashville anesthesiologist who co-owned the shuttered Tennessee-based company, which once operated in 12 states. 
The lawsuit alleges Dickerson submitted more than 750 false claims amounting to more than $4 million in penalties. Not good news there for the Tennessee legislature, which is getting called back into a special session here in a couple of days. And they're expected to get a new Speaker of the House of Representatives as Glenn Cassida is stepping away after some controversy out of the office, especially with his social media accounts, I think. Another victim of social media. Sad news coming from the Sunshine State. A deputy in Florida has died in a crash while responding to a domestic dispute call. The deputy was responding in Deerfield Beach, and that's when his vehicle crashed with a Toyota Tundra at the Deerfield Beach intersection about 20 miles from Fort Lauderdale, according to the Broward County Sheriff's Office. And unfortunately, this deputy died as a result of the crash. I don't know if we have a name yet of it. I don't think the name's been released yet. But the homicide detectives investigating the crash there in Broward County as they are grieving the loss of this Broward County Sheriff's Office deputy dying in this on-duty crash early on Sunday. Our thoughts and prayers go out to this law enforcement officer. Now to Louisiana, an officer there has suggested that posting a comment on Facebook that this Louisiana police officer called U.S. Representative Alexandria Cortez a vile idiot and suggesting that she be shot. And the chief of police of Gretna, Louisiana, Arthur Lawson, said Friday that his officer's post was disturbing, but he doesn't believe it constitutes an actual threat. Officer Charlie Rispoli, he wrote that Cortez needs a round and not the kind she used to serve. The post included a fake story with a fabricated quote to make it appear as if Cortez said, we pay soldiers too much. Again, this is in Gretna, Louisiana. The chief of police there says the post violated department policy. Internal affairs are investigating. Any disciplinary measures wouldn't be made public. This from Gretna, Louisiana. Again, anytime you go on social media, whether you're a law enforcement officer or you're just a regular person like me, (laughs) you're going to, if you say something dumb, it can easily come back to bite you. You might want to just not say those kind of things. You probably don't need to be thinking about those kind of things, but you definitely don't want to be out there putting it on social media unless you stand by the comment. Then you have to live with the consequences. Now, Art Neville, a member of the Neville Brothers, has died at the age of 81. He was one of the New Orleans storied musical families. He was part of that, the Neville Brothers, and a founding member of the groundbreaking funk band, The Meters. He died at the age of 81. His manager, Kent Sorrell, confirmed that Neville died Monday. The cause of death was not immediately available, but Neville had battled a number of health issues, including complications from back surgery. He had announced his retirement in December. The governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, issued a statement on his death saying that Louisiana lost an icon, whether it was singing with the Neville brothers or mamboing with the meters. Art Neville took the unique sound of New Orleans and played it for the world to enjoy. In 1954, when he was just 17 years old, he sang the lead on the Hawkeyes remake of a country song called Mardi Gras Mambo. And more than 60 years later, the song is still a staple of the carnival season. Other members of the Neville brothers included Charles, Cyril, and Aaron Neville. Charles died back in 2018. But again, Art Neville of the Neville brothers dead at the age of 81. Police in North Carolina say a six-year-old is among four suspects identified in the theft of 10 handguns from a local store. 
This is in Wilson, North Carolina, and police in Wilson say investigators have identified also a 16-year-old and two 14-year-olds in the theft of the handguns, which have now been recovered. Officers responding to an alarm last week found the store's inner and outer doors broken and 10 handguns stolen. Investigators later identified a pickup truck from surveillance video and determined it had been stolen from a parking lot and the truck was recovered in an empty field in another part of Wilson. Multiple charges will be filed against the eldest suspect who is being held on a $100,000 secured bond. The 14-year-olds face similar charges and authorities are talking with prosecutors and juvenile justice officials regarding the six-year-old suspect. But not a good start to your life when you're in a deal where you're stealing 10 handguns from a store in Wilson, North Carolina, whether you're 6, 14, or 16 in this case, all not a good story to relate to you here. We have a troubling story and an update to tell you about a death of a young woman in Mississippi. And also a follow-up, if you've been following this, the deaths of the people in Canada, turns out the woman killed in Canada was from North Carolina, killed among, along a remote highway with an Australian, I think her boyfriend, and now teens are missing in Canada days after this Australian man and this woman have gone and, and been found murdered last week along a remote stretch of highway in the uh, area of British Columbia. And Canadian authorities are asking for the public to remain vigilant after two teenagers reported missing after their truck was discovered burning in the same region where that 24-year-old North Carolina woman and that boyfriend were found murdered last week. And the Royal Canadian Mounted Police said in a news release that 19-year-old Cam McLeod and 18-year-old Briar Schmigelski from British Columbia were last seen traveling through Deese Lake, which is in the northern part of the Canadian province of British Columbia. So those two teens were from British Columbia, but the woman killed last week, murdered, found murdered, a North Carolinian. And I know they're certainly the RCMP searching hard to find out what's going on there in the Canadian wilderness. Now to a story that broke over the weekend in Mississippi. A University of Mississippi student from St. Louis, Missouri, was found dead in a portion of Lafayette County, Mississippi, and foul play is expected. It appears that Lafayette County Sheriff's officers believe foul play involved in the death of this 21-year-old University of Mississippi marketing student, and the body of Alexandria Alley Castile was found Saturday in Harmontown, that's on the Sardis Lake, about 20 miles from the University of Mississippi campus. And according to sheriff's officials, foul play was apparent. No cause of death was immediately released. And so we'll find out what happens in Lafayette County, Mississippi. But a youngster uh, from a 2016 graduate of Lindbergh High School in St. Louis, now dead in Oxford, Mississippi. The University of South Carolina has a new leader, and this new leader isn't necessarily coming to Columbia from what is the projected route, and that would be from academia. He's a retired Army general, Bob Caslin, and he said on Monday he learned he needs to listen more and communicate his ideas better as he moves into the, the civilian world to lead the University of South Carolina. A divided board of trustees selected Caslin at the end of last week after a divisive search A number of students and professors did not want him because he lacked a doctoral degree and a research university experience and made comments during an April campus visit that seemed dismissive about sexual assault and diversity. They were also leery because of his ties to President Donald Trump as a finalist for National Security Advisor back in 2017. But he's 
on the job now, leading the University of South Carolina. And actually, during a 50-minute speech and news conference Monday, he apologized several times. And I don't know if that's the way you want to start out in your, your realm there in Columbia, leading the University of South Carolina. By the way, the trustees voted 11-8 for the general to become the head of the University of South Carolina when the vote was held at the end of last week. We will find out what is going on. He also mentioned that uh, he wants to help the Gamecocks get past the Clemson Tigers. He says, whatever team that beats Clemson, whether it is the debate team, whether it is a club team, or whether it is the football team, they are invited to my house for ice cream Sundays. We're going to start learning how to beat Clemson. Go Gamecocks! That's what Gamecock fans want to hear, but they also want to raise a lot of money and make the University of South Carolina truly the Palmetto State's so-called flagship university. I'm sure the fans of Clemson don't want to hear that, and the other great schools in the Palmetto State would probably disagree as well. A lawmaker in Georgia who said a man told her to go back where you came from is now walking back part of her claim. And this is a really crazy story. I'm going to let you hear some audio in just a second. We reported this on Monday's Y'all Show, and at the time, I didn't have the rest of the story, as our friend Paul Harvey would say, but now it appears that State Representative Erica Thomas of Georgia has now kind of walked back what she told the local media on Saturday, and she doesn't quite recall exactly what the man in the Publix grocery store, Eric Sparks, said to her. She originally told the in, on social media that this man told her to go back where she was from, and she's now walking back this claim. Well, uh, I think it was on Monday, Sunday, something like that. Both of them appeared on video. Now, I don't think she was supposed to be on this video. The man that she accused of essentially being a racist, the media tracked him down, and he was very quick to point out, first of all, he said he wasn't white, although he looks white. He said he was Hispanic, that his family was from Cuba. He also pointed out he was a diehard Democrat, and if you didn't believe him, he said go to his Facebook page, and this is, again, Eric Sparks we're talking about here, that he is a diehard Democrat, hates Trump, All that's on social media, he said. Probably true. I can't imagine he would make that up. But he has a completely different take of what happened at the Publix in Mableton, Georgia. Let's go hear him speak. And in this clip, you're going to hear the state representative from Georgia, Erica Thomas, kind of butt in. I haven't seen anything quite like that. You need to find the video of this thing because it truly is. I think it's kind of funny, frankly. I think and the kind of summation of what happened here, Mr. Sparks probably should have kept his mouth shut, walked out the store and just bit his lip. Okay. But he didn't do that. He was, I guess, trying to be a good Samaritan, but sometimes you just need to bite your lip. And then state representative Thomas, well, she just, she got busted making a mountain out of a molehill. Okay. And that's what I think is evident. If you hear this clip, here it is. This is from one of the local Atlanta television stations that, again, showed up to get his side of the story, and the state representative had to chime in. Yes, I know it's on camera. Security Everybody needs camera to know that you, what you did to me, and what you did to me as a woman that is nine months pregnant, and you think you're going to get away with this? Good no, luck, you're ma'am. not. You are going to jail. You're and this speaks yourself. for every... Oh, no. I'm showing myself. This Good speaks luck, for every black brown and any woman that's out there that's nine months pregnant and a white man comes up to you and calls you a son of a I don't care what I'm you are, white. yes you are. If anybody comes up to you and calls you a son of a I am facing the man that degraded me and berated me and I'm not crying. No I'm not. I'm standing right in front of you 
And if you know how you made me feel yesterday, if you know how you made back my daughter off, feel. Back off before I call the police. Call the police right now because back they off. are looking for you. I already they talked to them. I already talked it's to okay. them. It's okay. I am so back happy off. that you're here. Am and I'm arrested? happy that everybody needs to see this man that did this to me. And he thinks that he gets a five minutes of fame. You think that you're going to come up when you see police, when you see SB, SB 46, you think you're going to come up here and get a spotlight? No, you're not. The only spotlight that you're going to get is everybody needs to see the man that did this to a woman a that's nine months pregnant. Are you a state legislator? Thank you. Nobody is here for you. Are you a state Nobody legislator? Thank you. We can continue my interview. Would you like me to finish? How would you guys want to handle this? I want to hear from both of you. Yeah, we um, want to hear both sides. No, he is. The, I cannot believe that you would do this. And you, do you not feel bad? Do you feel bad? You understand? You're a liar. Do you, can, do you, do you I'm a liar about what? Everything that bad? happened. Do you feel bad? Me telling you to go back where you came from. Do you? Do you feel bad about yesterday? Did, did I say that? Did, yes. You, why are you serious? Or you didn't did say? Did I say? What did you say to me? Then? Is it on video? What did you say to me? I called you a lazy bitca. Okay, that's, that's all the you worst did. thing I said. That's all you said to me. Yes. Okay, because that makes you look better because everybody's asking that. That makes you look better to say that. I know what I it's said. Okay. It's alright. The video though. knows what I said. Okay. Yeah. They all see it. They all see that you left out of the grocery store, came back. I in didn't and leave. I took one step out. At the end of the day, no you know what? Me out. I'll let you have your your five minutes. Am of I banned fame. from public? I'll let you have your five minutes of fame. You got you yours. Have your five minutes of fame. You got there yours. There you are. You know what? Thank you. Congratulations. What's your name? Eric Sparks. I like to shake your hand. No, you're not. I like to shake your hand. Go I ahead. So. Go ahead, Eric Sparks. I want him to get his five minutes of fame. Go ahead and get your five minutes of fame, Eric. And I'm facing you right now. And I'm calm and I'm fine because guess what? I am okay because God is with me. I'm a blessed mama. Here, I'm going to straighten go this ahead. out. I want the reporters to ask me questions. All right. Again, go to, I think it's Channel 11 Atlanta. Find the YouTube video of this encounter. It's about 15 minutes long. And Playing it audio-wise is just it doesn't do justice. I laughed. I'm sorry. I, I laughed my sweet tea right out of my mouth when I watched this thing, and I, I thought maybe y'all would enjoy hearing a portion of that. This battle in Georgia between a state representative and a local citizen there who didn't like the fact that she used the express line at the local Publix. And finally, as we wrap up our headlines here on this Tuesday edition of Y'all, how about this story coming to us from Memphis, Tennessee? A local locksmith is offering to help if you ever see a child or pet locked in a hot car. If you get called and he has to come there, whether the windows are up or windows are down, he will absolutely unlock the car free of charge. What a great thing by Tony Scott of Memphis, the owner of The Lockman. He says it can get dangerous within two or three minutes, depending on where the car is sitting and how long it's been there. According to officials that track this kind of stuff, 21 children have died in the country already this spring slash summer after being left in hot cars. And the man in Memphis is hoping to keep that tragedy from happening in Memphis. The lock man is offering to open hot cars where kids or pets are trapped. Now, is that not a great thing? Kudos to everybody in Memphis for having this man, Tony Scott, a part of your community, and the lock man. Give them your business. When you get locked down in the Bluff City, call the lock man. Pretty cool, pretty cool gesture there. See, we've got a great part of the world, don't we? When we come back on Y'all, we've got a quick look at what's going on on the pages of Y'all.com this week, from t- tracking this tropical depression to county and state fairs to the Y'all Show. A lot of good stuff at Y'all.com. We'll have that, plus at the end of the hour, we're going to switch over to politics, and we're going to welcome in from the Washington Times a great writer for that site, James Varney. He's got some really good Southern political news that he's going to relay to us, and that is coming up on Y'all.
Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Nineteen hundred seventy-three. My second cousin, Calvin, and me Loaded down his old blue-green Corvette Headed for the state fair It was mid-October and the autumn breeze Shook the colors out of the trees Time was passing, but who were we to care? We were headed for the state fair Back into y'all as we continue on with the fun here on this Tuesday edition. I'm John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. Our number is available for you to check in 24-7. Call or text 803-816-1170. Here on the Y'all Show, we turn our attention to our friends at y'all.com. Y-A-L-L.com. The page that's all about the South. It's the ultimate guide to the South. Y'all.com. And if you go there, not only will you find the links to each one of our Y'all Shows, got a nice little image for each show and a link to listen but you'll also find other great editorial content and if you go there right now you'll see the continuing coverage that we have at y'all about the tropical depression three that has formed in the bahamas and will be impacting at least the atlantic side of florida over the next day two three days and perhaps could get a little bit more serious so that's it y'all we're tracking that we've got more developments on that coming on the pages of y'all.com. But one of the neat things we've got at y'all right now is we are kind of keeping track of all the state and county fairs across the entire Southeast. We have all 16 states broken down because it's fair season. Now, some places in the South don't really get into fairs until maybe more like September or October, but some Southern states have already kicked off their local county fair, state fairs. Maybe some are coming up in August. And we want to let you know what's going on across the South. And if you go on right now, you'll see a new post all about West Virginia because the State Fair of West Virginia will be in Lewisburg, and that will be August 8th through the 17th. And it has been a family event that will continue to be for years to come. Featured performers at this year's State Fair of West Virginia include Darcy Tate, the group Alabama, and Jeff Foxworthy. You know, you might be a redneck if you go see Jeff Foxworthy and Alabama at the State Fair of West Virginia. Well, if that is the case, well, by God, West Virginia, I want to be a redneck, and I want to be right there in the Mountain State August 8th through the 17th for the State Fair of West Virginia. It's the 71st Annual Marshall County Fair that's taking place in Moundsville, West Virginia, and it's going on right now 
through July 27th. In fact, if you head there this weekend on Saturday night, live entertainment will feature award-winning country music star Phil Vassar from just over the holler in the state of Virginia is where Phil Vassar is from. And he will be at the Marshall County Fair this weekend. But this is going on throughout the next couple of days. You don't want to miss the fun. How about the admission price? It's only $10 to go there. It's free on Sunday. And you can go for the entire week to the Marshall County Fair for 45 big ones. And it's going to be a lot of fun. As The fairgrounds are located on Eastern 12th Street in Moundsville, West Virginia. They've got truck pools, fair pageants, livestock shows, a carnival ride, and all kinds of entertainment, all at the Marshall County Fair. Now, in Doddridge, West Virginia, it's the 43rd annual Doddridge County Fair. This is the county of Doddridge, which is where West Union, West Virginia, is located, right on U.S. Route 50. And you can go there and check out the horticulture and arts and crafts exhibits. Also, they've got a whole bunch of family-style entertainment and they've got pageants, a talent contest, and how about this? Plenty of country music and gospel music on hand at the Doddridge County Fair. And that is August 21st through the 24th in West Union, West Virginia, the 43rd annual Doddridge County Fair. Don't miss that one. And these places are just some of the many West Virginia county fairs and state fairs going on right now through really the end of September. And go to y'all.com and read a whole bunch more about the fun in the Mountain State. We've got them for every single southern state. And chances are, if you have a favorite fair in your area, we've got it broken down for you at y'all with all the proper links and more. Really good fun. And that's part of living in the south this time of year. I know it's hot, but golly, chances are some of you had triple-digit temperatures last week or over the weekend. I bet you some of you are going to be down in like the 70s. And if you got one of these county fairs, go put on your shorts, put on a T-shirt. Yeah, you'll do a little sweat, sweating, but that's okay. Go have a good time. If that's the festival going on now, now some of these don't even happen till August, September, even October in some states, and enjoy living in the South and enjoy our state and county fairs. And again, all this found at y'all.com. Go check it out and go out there and participate. When we come back on y'all, we're going to switch over from talking about fairs to the circus, and that is the Circus of Southern Politics. We've got a special guest lined up. We've got the Washington Times' James Varney set to come on and give us a breakdown of what's going on in the U.S. Senate race in Alabama in 2020. Plus, in Louisiana, they got a governor's race going on there this year. Is John Bell Edwards going to be able to keep his seat in the state of, of, of the Pelican State? of louisiana that's coming up james varney washington times stay with us this is y'all text and whatever just don't text and drive visit stoptextsstoprex.org a message from the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council It's the Y'all Show Tuesday edition, continuing on the show that's all about the South. And hey, in the South, 
we got some fun stuff going on in the world of politics. And here on Tuesdays, we turn our attention to the world of politics. We have a very special guest joining us now from the Washington Times and WashingtonTimes.com. James Varney is a national correspondent for the Washington Times. He graduated from Wesleyan in Connecticut and then the Columbia Journalism School. He spent a long time at the Times-Picayune out of New Orleans, including a five-year stint as the paper's Latin American correspondent. Also had two embedded tours with the Army and Marines in Iraq in 2003. Also, how about this, he was part of the New Orleans-based reporting team that won two Pulitzer Prizes for the Hurricane Katrina coverage. And he's also done a little sports coverage through the years. He's been a beat writer covering the LSU Tigers in 2007, and he also covered the New Orleans Saints Super Bowl victory just after that. So I'm sure, James, that the folks in Louisiana that follow and love those Tigers and those Saints, they want you back on the beat. <laughs> well, those are glory days, weren't they? I mean, uh, it's a shame that papers aren't quite like that anymore. Those were, were good times. Um and the Tigers look pretty strong this year, too. So, and of course, the Saints, what, one play really in some ways from the Super Bowl last year. So, yeah, Did I wouldn't you, mind writing about them again, but the time tune is no more. So, so be it. Uh, what do you mean by that? No more. I know there's well, NOLA. It doesn't, exist. it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I mean, there's NOLA, uh, NOLA.com. There's not a printed paper for. Time yeah, well, no, what's happened now is. Um, what was left, the, the remnants of the Times-Picune were bought by the Advocate, um, I don't know, a month and a half ago or so. Which is out of Baton Rouge. Well, it is, except that since the Newhouses, the Newhouse family and its infinite wisdom decided to nuke the Times-Picune, even though we were a profitable newspaper, since that time, the Advocate uh, was bought by somebody else, and they opened up a New Orleans Advocate. And so consequently, you had some remnants of the Times-Picune and the Advocate both in New Orleans, although the Times-Picune was no longer a daily paper. And now the Advocate's won and the Times-Picune is is toast, although it may now again be called the Times-Picune. I'm not 100 percent sure because they bought they bought the name. But it's a long, complicated story. But the paper that I worked for is kaput. Oh man, I hate that. Of course, this is a, I know. a very common thing, unfortunately. And as a guy who's gotten my fingers dark in newspaper and in magazine journalism and print journalism, I certainly feel the the pain and and certainly the legacy that uh, working for a place like that involves. But right now, you're working for the Washington Times, which is cranking out newspapers, at least in our nation's capital. But you can find all the great covers that James does at the Times at Washington Times. Dot com as he is a national correspondent and boy we're tickled to have you here on the y'all show but you spend a large part of your career below the mason dixon line so we're we're excited about that and james i want to ask you i just stumbled upon an article you put up over the weekend at washingtontimes.com talking about our friends in alabama as the current senator there the democrat there doug jones you have a headline that says Doug Jones faces uphill battle for reelection in Alabama. Now, some people would say, well, duh, how did this guy get elected in the first place? Well, you'd have to go back to the drama of that special election last year. But what is it your article's got that kind of indicates this is really going to be tough for him to be reelected here in 2020? Right. Well, actually, that headline is a dud, isn't it? And I didn't write that. But um, what the article was talking about is the fact that uh, Jones, who has endorsed Biden, 
but uh, in March also said that he would support whoever the Democratic nominee is for president next year. So Jones is going to find himself on the ticket in 2020 with Trump atop the ticket. Trump won Alabama, of course, in 2016 with 60 percent of the vote or 62 percent. He remains enormously popular there. We see a lot of the Democratic contenders for the presidential nomination lurching ever further to the left. Uh, and that's going to, I think, maybe make a tricky path for Jones to navigate as he tries to present himself as a moderate to Alabama voters because he's going to be dragged back and anchored by a, most likely a much more leftward choice for them on the presidential level. What has Senator Jones done in Congress as a senator for Alabama that's kind of gone against the grain against the Democrats? What has he voted on, if anything, to say, well, look, I'm I look at both sides of the story and sometimes I might vote with the Republicans if need be. Has he done any of that? Uh, well, he certainly th- that's his public stated position, of course, is that I will support President Trump when it's good for Alabama uh, and I'll oppose him when it's not. Now, a majority of Alabamians wanted him to confirm Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court, and he didn't. He voted with the Democratic leadership to against Kavanaugh. And that was uh, sort of, I think, a tipping point for a lot of voters there. Um, he has voted with Trump about 52 percent of the time, which by Democratic leadership standards is incredible, right? I mean, if you look at Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Bernie Sanders, these the top Democrats right now, four of them anyway, vying for the nomination for president. Those guys have all voted for Trump with Trump less than 15 percent of the time. And Jones is at 52 percent. So that voting record certainly speaks to more moderation than we see from any of the coastal and national Democrats. However, on some of the key votes, like the Kavanaugh one, he wasn't with where most of the Alabama people wanted him. Well, in your article, you actually tracked down a professor at the University of Alabama, Richard Fording, and he had a pretty good quote here. He said, with Trump actually on the ticket in 2020, that he expects Democratic turnout to be high, largely due to the desire to cast a vote against Trump. And that, I guess, means no matter who the Democratic nominee, he he expects big numbers of Democrats to show up at the polls in November of 2020. Yeah, and I thought that I agree with you. I thought that was an interesting point. And he's probably right about that. You know, I mean, I think that you are going to see a Democratic base that's motivated by how much they despise Trump and just how full of vitriol they are toward his administration. And I think that will be a factor in some races. But when you look at the party registration and things like this, and you look at the electoral results that we've seen in Alabama over just look at the last four or five years. It doesn't show anything close to enough Democrats for that to matter. I don't think. I mean, even if all the Democrats come out because their animus towards Trump motivates them to do so, if the Republicans come out, it wouldn't matter. I mean, since Jones got elected, right, and he, he goes in in 2017 in a special election to fill session seat. We've had uh, we've had elections in Alabama for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general. All of those have been just won in crushing victories by Republicans, getting more than 60 percent of the vote. So I think that even if and I do agree with Professor Fording on that, 
And I think it's an interesting thought, but I don't know if that will be enough. Well, what is also intriguing about this 2020 Alabama Senate race is the Republican side of the ticket. You've got a former head football coach of the Auburn Tigers in the mix on the Republican side. And you've got a couple of other characters that probably would be considered to be more of the, I guess, likely choices. Fill us in on who all is in the Republican side on this special or this 2020 vote. Well, that's that's a great point, John. And and that also probably helps Jones, certainly at this point, that you have this fractured Republican field trying to oppose him. So you've got Tommy Tuberville, like you just said, former head coach at Auburn. They led them to an undefeated season and a Sugar Bowl victory. Probably should have played for the national championship with that team. Um, Now, if you know Alabama, there's going to be some percentage, I don't want to put a number on it, of people who will never vote for him because he's an Auburn guy. That would be 100% of the Alabama fans. Right. If Nick Saban were to run for senator, there would be a percentage of people in Alabama that wear Auburn colors that would never vote for him. (laughs) In any event, uh, Tuberville is in it, and he has enormous name recognition. Uh, Brendan Byrne, who is a U.S. representative from the Mobile area, who has, you know, he's been involved in Alabama politics for a while. Uh, He hasn't won every race that he's entered, but I think he's what you would call, you know, the establishment choice at this point. It appears that most, although the Republican Party officially is not taking any position, of course, they're not going to endorse a guy until if there's a a runoff or something, because they don't want to stir the pot. And I understand that. That's good politics. But the establishment behind the scenes uh, that is Republican, I think, is probably coalescing chiefly right now behind Byrne. I'm not 100 percent on that. That's just what it looks like. There's also a state rep named Mooney who's running. um, And I confess that I don't know as much about him. um, But those three guys are all in it. And then, of course, there's the fourth guy which is, you know, the super wild card here, which is Roy Moore, when he's the reason that Jones is in the Senate in the first place. I mean, the only reason that you have this blue dot, this one Democratic senator in the Deep South, is because of Roy Moore in 2017. And if you remember all the allegations about what he did as a younger man. Oh, yeah. uh, Well, he's back in it, even though that same establishment, nameless establishment blob I was just referring to, they don't want him. President Trump has made it very clear he doesn't want him. Nobody seems to want him except Roy Moore and his supporters. And and one of the remarkable things about him is that even with all that tsunami of negative press that he had, those incredible stories, right? You had the entire national media down there hammering him every day. And he only lost to Jones by less than two points. I mean, Jones got elected with all of that. With like 1.6, I think, was the margin. Now, I'm not suggesting that Jones couldn't replicate that if he runs against Moore again. Maybe he could. I mean, th- that is one scenario in which you could see Jones getting reelected is if Moore were to wind up uh, against him on the ticket. It's going to be fun times in the Yellowhammer State with the election of 2020. Now, that's not the only Southern state that is exciting here. And this race that I'm about to talk about is going to be before November of 2020. We're talking with James Varney, a national correspondent for the Washington Times. You can check out James's great work at WashingtonTimes.com. And we won't have to wait till November of 2020 
If you live in the Pelican State, Louisiana, they've got a governor's race going on right now, and John Bell Edwards, the current Democratic governor of Louisiana, is going to be in a real fight to keep his seat. What's going on in Louisiana with this one? Well, you know, John, you just made a really good point by saying you don't have to wait until 2020 for that one. Unlike Jones, who's going to have to run with Trump atop the ticket, uh, John Bell Edwards, Democratic governor of Louisiana, he's up for reelection this year. So it's a bit of an off year election. He's not going to have that kind of national focus and, and money, maybe and attention that he would if if it was a presidential election. So I think that that is uh, helping him. Uh, he has plenty of money. Um, he has been trying to position himself as a fiscal moderate. Um, the state has done reasonably well in the four years that he's been in office, although its numbers haven't really matched the national numbers uh, since Trump uh, administration began. But um, he you know, we just had that storm, right? Hurricane Barry. You might have seen that or heard about it. It wasn't much of a storm, but in the lead up to it. You know, uh, Governor Edwards was very visible and he was very careful about the way he positioned himself. It was interesting to watch. He, he clearly was showing that he could work with President Trump. And remember that Louisiana's congressional delegation is almost all Republican, except for some people from New Orleans. And, uh, you know, that he could work with them. So he is trying to run uh, much like Jones as a moderate Democrat, and certainly by the standards of national Democrats, a very moderate guy. Well, he took a stand recently and said that he would sign the legislation against abortions. He did, but, you know, you know, see, the thing with him is that's consistent. Um, that He has been a pro-life guy his whole career. He, he was in the state legislature before he ran for governor, mm-hmm. um, and that has always been his position. So he does take some heat for that from from the left base such as it is here in louisiana uh his comeback to that is look i'm a man of my word this is what i've always stated that i believe in i'm not pulling any u-turns here um i voted what i said i would uh and of course for many louisiana voters at least i don't know what the number is but for those for whom abortion is a very important issue he probably shored up some support there with that vote Yep. All right. When is that that general election in Louisiana? Is that going to be November for the governor? It is. And, you know, we have a jungle primary here. I still live in Louisiana and we have a jungle primary, which means you don't necessarily have a Republican and a Democrat facing off. Everybody runs. And if nobody gets 50 percent plus one, then the top two guys face off against each other. So I think that the most likely scenario is that Edwards is in a runoff against a Republican. Ah, Okay. Well, a blast from the past popped up on the radar on Monday. Wendy Davis. James, that name ring a bell to you? Yeah, was she the Texas senator? Yeah. She ran for governor, I think, in Texas, and the whole media got behind her. Oh, she 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 was was going to. Speaking of abortion, right? Wasn't that her big issue? Oh, yeah. She was going to be the. She was Beto before Beto, okay? And she announced Monday that she's going to run for Congress next year in Texas, five years after she lost that run for governor. And that was propelled by a 13-hour filibuster of an anti-abortion bill in the Capitol in Austin. And she's going to be Mm -hmm. challenging a freshman Republican in Chip Roy. But this blast from the past, Wendy Davis, 
back in the news running for Congress. That's the news out of Texas. Before we wrap up with you, James, anything else across the Southeast that you'd like to touch on before we say goodbye to you, sir? No, but that's an interesting one right there, isn't it? I'm going to have to maybe take a look at that. Uh, She's from the Fort Worth area? I think she is. There's a great article up on a website called WashingtonTimes.com. You can go check that article out. (laughs) That is wonderful advice. I should check the WashingtonTimes.com website. You didn't write it. This was posted on your site. You didn't write it. You know, and I'm I'm proud of you. You don't have time to be reading other stories. You're out here cranking out the good stuff for yourself. Well, thank you. Right. But no, that's a great article. And you can find out a lot more of the fun stuff across the nation at WashingtonTimes.com. And we appreciate oh so much you taking a little time to join us here on today's Y'all Show. James Varney, the national correspondent. And James, what's the way for people to follow you? Do you have a Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff? No, but my email is on every story. You can reach me at jvarney at WashingtonTimes.com. And I'm on my laptop most of the day. And so, the, um, the big question here before we wrap up with you, give me the final prediction for LSU and the Saints here in 2019. National champions, Super Bowl champions? I would be more inclined to vote for the Saints in the Super Bowl than I would LSU in the national championship. I think, as always, LSU is going to have trouble getting past uh, Alabama. Uh, I think that game's in Tuscaloosa this year. And um, I think that's going to be tough for the Tigers to to do it. But I expect to see, I'd be very surprised if the Saints aren't in the playoffs. And as you know, in the NFL, if you make the playoffs, you can go all the way. Yes, I know that. I do know that. And I know those Saints are a darn good team. You're defending NFC South champions. James Varney, thank you very much. When we speaking of football, when we come back after the break, we're going to have a look at the Big Twelve. They had their media days last week in Arlington. We've got a couple of coaches, including the new coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We got some audio for that. Plus, later in hour two, we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue coming on to talk about Austin, Texas, and Memphis, Tennessee barbecue appetizers. Oh yeah! All that ahead on y'all talk with a Southern accent. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. For another hour of the show that's all about the South, this is Y apostrophe A-L-L, the Y'all Show. How y'all doing? We've got another fun hour in just a few minutes. we got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue coming aboard. Matt Hermans is going to be on, and we're going to talk appetizers with the old fella. So if you have your favorite appetizer at a barbecue restaurant, there's a darn good chance we're going to tell you about it, and we're going to tell you how to make some of these things. That's coming up as we spotlight Stubbs' in Austin, Texas, and Rendezvous in Memphis, Tennessee. Those are just two of the many great places you can get great appetizers. And we'll have appetizer and grilling talk with Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, coming up in just a few minutes as we wrap up today's y'all show if you want to connect to us here on y'all our website y'all.com and also find us on twitter and instagram at y'all show this is our time each week where we dive into what we call sports lanyap 
where we kind of have a mixed bag of all things Southern sports. And we're going to start out with more college football talk. Y'all aren't going to be too mad about that. We're less than a month away from college football. I know you're excited about that. Last week, we did it up big. The the SEC and the ACC, we gave you the coaches of most all the teams in those two conferences. Had a great time covering what was going on in Hoover at SEC Media Days and the ACC kickoff going on in Charlotte. But that was last week. We still have more ACC talk to give you on Wednesday's y'all show and we'll have Jonathan Lifeite back in the fold and we'll get his thoughts on how everything went down in Charlotte. We'll also have SEC coverage come Thursday. But right now, we're not going to be so heavy on those two conferences. We're going to talk about that Big 12. They got together early last week in Arlington and I bet you, you didn't really hear any of the coaches talk because we were consumed here on this show and most of the other media outlets with what was going on in the SEC and the ACC. Well, lo and behold, we have three of the conference's coaches, some audio from last week that we're going to share with you right now. Let's start off with Hook'em Horns coach Tom Herman. He's entering, I think, his fourth year in Austin. If not fourth, it's his third year on the 40 Acres coaching the Horns, and he's excited. He got his team into the Big 12 championship last year. They were able to knock off OU in the regular season. They could not do it in the championship game. Here is Coach Tom Herman at the mic at Big 12 Media Days talking about his horns. Our guys are, are getting bigger. They're getting faster. They're getting stronger. Um, they're becoming more cohesive. Uh, obviously, maybe the big news uh, is that we, we broke ground uh, on a $175 million uh, end zone, uh, south end zone renovation, which will not only enhance our our game day atmosphere for our fans, but provide uh, our players with uh, some incredible state-of-the-art facilities, hopefully the best in the country. Uh, So uh, injury update, uh, the only uh, one of significance is uh, Alvante Woodard, uh, redshirt freshman receiver, uh, broke his foot and had a Jones fracture this uh, summer earlier this summer and uh, we're hoping to have him back uh, midway through training camp maybe um, you know as late as week one or two but uh, he should be able to contribute at some point this season but other than that we're we're really healthy um, we're really uh, excited I think the buy-in level um, is extremely high right now and it's a really fun group to coach Tom Herman, head coach of the University of Texas at Big 12 Media Days, and his horns look to get back to the championship game and perhaps into the college football playoff in 2019 and 2020. Now, Lincoln Riley had a team that was the Big 12 champs and made it into the college football playoff. Of course, they were blasted by Alabama in the Orange Bowl, but no doubt they are one of the teams to be on the lookout for. They've got a great transfer into the program as Jalen Hurts, the aforementioned Alabama quarterback, now in Norman, guiding the Oklahoma Sooners. Lincoln Riley talked about his new quarterback. He talked about the fact that he's put three quarterbacks, well, two prior to Jalen Hurts. He's put two back-to-back quarterbacks into the NFL with the first-round pick and also two Heisman Trophy winners back-to-back. Is Jalen going to be number three for Lincoln in Norman? We'll find out. Here's the coach of the Boomer Sooner gang. Always an exciting time of year. You know, this kind of signals the the, the end of summer, but the the, the start of a, a new upcoming season and one that we're very much looking forward to. Um, 
A lot of changes on our football team, obviously, that, that have really, I think, got us re-energized and really, really primed to make a run here in 2019. Uh, we'll start with our with the changes defensively, probably the biggest changes in our program, uh, bringing in Coach Alex Grinch as our defensive coordinator, also a couple of new position coaches, a new mentality, new scheme defensively. Uh, been excited about how that's gone uh, from this spring, even into this summer, how our players have responded, uh, and certainly... No, we've got to go prove it in the fall, but very eager to play great defense like should be like the, the kind of defense that we feel like should be played uh, at Oklahoma. So very much looking forward uh, to those changes and the results. Um, a lot of new faces on the offensive side of the football with uh, obviously having a, a new quarterback this year, uh, four new offensive linemen, but return quite a few skill guys uh, around those players. So. Uh, it, should, it should be a great year. We're, we're very, very excited about it and looking forward to, uh, to a new challenge with a new group, but that's one of the best parts about coaching college football. So um, very thankful for the opportunity, again, to coach at this place and a chance to do it in, in one of the great conferences in America. Lincoln Riley, head coach of Oklahoma at Big 12 Media Days in Arlington. Well, there is a newcomer in the Big 12 this year. After the Texas Tech coach took off to the NFL to coach the Cardinals, well, the folks in Lubbock had to find a new coach, and they went all the way to Utah State to bring in Matt Wells to be the Red Raiders' new skipper in West Texas. Now, who is Matt Wells? Well, of course, he coached the Aggies, his alma mater, to great success in 2018. This is a program that won 10 games in the Mountain West Conference. What a feat there. They also went to most of the years they went to a bowl game. The Aggies were a much improved team under Coach Wells. He was born, and here's where he and I have something in common. No, I didn't go to Utah State, but he and I were both born in Columbia, South Carolina. So Columbia's own Matt Wells now coaching the Texas Tech Red Raiders of the Big 12. And here's the new coach of the Big 12 team in Arlington at the Big 12 Media Days. The key is to the how. And that's the biggest thing for us in year one is, is establishing the how, the accountability, the physicalness, the toughness, the discipline, mental and physical, and, and the how. And, and a lot of people say that's culture, um, and that's exactly what it is, but instilling the culture, building the foundation. And the second thing is, is getting into the Big 12 season and getting in the fight. And that's something that um, you know, I think that uh, I'm excited to see our guys do. I'm excited to coach our guys. Uh, but we're not going to deviate from the plan to build a, uh, a championship program and a championship culture. And um, the ability for me as a head coach um, to bring our staff to do it the way we've done it, uh, I have a lot of respect for Kirby Hocutt and the opportunity that he has given uh, my staff and, and our program to implement what we've done over the last several years into Lubbock and to Texas Tech. And um, the ins inspiration that I have now that I can see it over the last seven months that you can do it in Lubbock, Texas, and to see the success that we've had in basketball and, and baseball and certainly track and field uh, inspires me to know that you can win in, in Lubbock. You can recruit to Lubbock, Texas, absolutely. And um, I'm looking forward to that challenge and continue that. We've got good momentum right now in recruiting, uh, but also in the, in the summer improvements our players have made since the end of spring ball, and I'm excited that and, um, and looking forward to the season. Texas Tech head football coach Matt Wells at Big 12 Media Days last week. Glad to kind of recap some of the coaches from that here on today's Y'all Show. Well, 247sports.com has come out with an article called The 10 Most Hated Teams of All Time in College Football. And here, I'm going to start at number 10 and work our way to number one. I bet you you have a pretty good guess of who's number one. The most hated team all time in college football is the 1997 Michigan Wolverine 
team. Y'all, y'all remember that team. Of course you do. Remember that was the year Peyton Manning didn't get the Heisman Trophy. Alabama's 2012 team comes in at number nine in this poll. I don't know why Alabama's 2012 team is any different than every other team they've had. Number seven is the 2002 version of Ohio State, the famous pass interference call in the national championship game. Yeah, there's a lot of people that still haven't got over that one, including me. Miami got robbed in that one. Notre Dame's 1993 team with Lou Holtz comes in in the poll also in the story is the 1996 florida gator team coached by the head ball coach steve spurrier at number four is the auburn team of 2010 the national champion team led by cam newton the florida state team of 2014 which beat auburn and gus miles on checks in at number three the 2005 usc trojan team the team that lost to the texas longhorns in the rose bowl they end up at number two and the number one team in all of college football according to this 24 7 sports article of the most hated teams of college football in college football history the 1986 miami hurricanes i bet you i bet you could have guessed that one sad news from rocky top as university of tennessee athletics legend bert reshishar has died at the age of 89 he passed away in his hometown of bell vernon pennsylvania he was a captain of the 1951 Tennessee Vols, a consensus national championship team. He was also part of the Tennessee Vols baseball team, helping the Big Orange reach the College World Series for the first time. He was an all-SEC second-team performer in football and a first-team all-SEC as a baseball player. Burt Reshishar, he was selected 10th overall by the Cleveland Browns in 1952, but won two NFL championships and made three Pro Bowls in seven years, with the Baltimore Colts, and a legend in the Baltimore Colts of the 1950s, certainly there. Burt Reshishar, dying at the age of 89. And something I kind of discovered over the weekend, I don't know if y'all saw this or not, ESPN is televising this stuff, mostly in its digital platforms, but it's called the Basketball Tournament, TBT, and a lot of big rappers and basketball stars are involved in this thing from Chris Paul. He's got a team. He actually coaches a team that actually has already gone down in flames. But this is a really cool deal, and Puma is involved as a sponsor of it. And it's a deal where you've got about 60-something teams from around the country who are participating here, playing in this tournament, and they're all mostly former college basketball players, maybe some guys who played professionally. But it's an all-or-nothing deal. If you end up going all the way and winning the championship of TBT, your team gets $2 million. And if you lose a game, you don't get a darn thing. The championship is going to be in Chicago on August 6th. Semifinals are two days before that. So we're kind of getting to the end. But I tuned in the other day and saw some some names I was familiar with, teams that had players that I remember from college basketball and more and it is pretty neat in fact you've got a former baylor star who is part of a team that won in lexington kentucky isaiah austin his team is called loyalty is love and they have moved on in this tbt tournament also jackson tennessee has a team that went into memphis and the jackson tennessee underdogs are advancing to chicago so it's pretty neat to see competitive basketball these guys aren't this is not exhibition they have money on the line if they win this tbt and you can go to the tournament.com to learn more a lot of teams are already done they're finished but you're getting close to the 
the, the quarterfinals and then the semifinals in Chicago. Check it out. Pretty neat to see basketball, at least competitively. And they've got a really neat way they kind of end the game. It's called the Elam ending. It's, it's pretty neat how it happens. You, you just need to watch it. Check it out. TBT. That'll get your basketball fix here in July. And that is Sports Land Yap here on today's Y'all Show. When we come back, we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue joining us. You don't want to miss the fun. We've got appetizers on our mind, and it's going to be appetizing to talk about it. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applied. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1313. That's promo code 1313 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know, we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate buzz just a sipping on suds ain't ever too early. To light one up, fill up your cup, cause I ain't no party like Back into the Y'all Show Tuesday edition, continuing on with our fun. And we've got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue joining the show now. Always delicious to have him aboard. Hello, Barbecue Barrister. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you. Happy barbecue to everyone out there listening. Now, that is one kind of greeting, I tell you what. <laughs> It gets my appetite a-going. And speaking of that, Barbecue Barrister, we've talked about a lot of things with you over the last year. And I'm excited. Every one of our interviews we've done, people can go into iTunes. They can go on to 
iHeartRadio and get the apps and, and just listen to everything. In fact, we encourage that. You need to listen to the Y'all Show, all of our shows, frankly, that we've done now for more than a year. But one thing you and I really haven't talked a lot about is wetting the appetite, getting something to kind of like a snack before the the game the pregame meal is what i'm talking about so matt, yeah. matt if you don't mind i want to talk a little bit about some great barbecue appetizers okay does that sound like oh, a good thing yes it sounds like a wonderful thing and a, and a subject that i'm pretty well versed on so yeah i think it's i think that's a great subject all right well let me get your opinion and maybe some tips on a few of these items okay one thing is right. i know this is right up your alley candied jalapenos have you ever had that do you recommend that Whoa. uh you know what I, i've never had a candied jalapeno i could kind of guess maybe what it is but no no I've, I've used jalapenos in other ways but this is news to me this is news to me would it make sense it would be a good appetizer specifically for a barbecue feast that was forthcoming uh sure yeah i'm thinking uh be a nice little sweet element i'm imagining that uh this is probably done on a grill or you could maybe do it on a smoker with either some maybe some honey glaze or a uh or maybe some brown sugar that's just kind of my guess well jalapenos m- must be something available in different varieties of your pre-game meal because in austin texas there's a legendary barbecue place called stubbs stubbs offers a dish an appetizer called smoky stuff jalapenos with bacon now that now that is something i'm very familiar with okay call them, pop, call them poppers or whatever else but uh, yeah in fact i've got a uh, got a wonderful recipe for that that uh, that i do myself that i really really love um Go ahead. I think a lot. L- L- not, you, you can't tease us like that. You can't tease us. Now, I'm, I'm asking this stuff off the top of your head. So the best yeah, that you yeah. can relay it, what are you talking about here, sir? I was, uh, what do you call that? Call it a, uh, I'm pausing for effect. So, yeah, the. Um, I think a lot of us, a lot of folks out there listening, have probably, probably more than, than you think, have probably done some form of what you call a jalapeno pepper. So essentially a hollowed out jalapeno pepper stuffed with cream cheese and then wrapped in bacon you can do it in the oven of course i prefer it on a on a smoker i like to put some pecan or hickory smoke on it makes all the difference in the world but there is a particular version uh and i think that's that's what stuff's talking about is the stuff jalapeno and there's there's different varieties there's sausage and cream cheese mix that you stuff the jalapeno with there's uh there's all kinds of different things but it's kind of a cheese based jalapeno stuffing uh, wrapped in bacon and then cooked until the bacon is, is rendered and crispy. But I have a particular variety that I like um, that includes pimento cheese instead of cream cheese. Uh, since we're on the All Show, this makes absolutely all the sense in the world as well. So I've, I've experimented with it. Uh, if you've got a good pimento cheese recipe you like, um, stuff your jalapenos with the pimento cheese, then wrap it with the bacon, put it on the smoker 20, 25 minutes, that, that's awesome. Also, a little bit of barbecue sauce glaze kind of sets off the savory, salty kind of undertones of the, of the appetizer. So I love it. I think it's wonderful. I think it's even better when you put it on a smoker and get some smoke on it. But, see, I love stuffed jalapenos, if we're going to call them that. They're, they're great. And don't forget, at Stubbs, they offer the stuffed jalapenos with bacon. You can't get enough pork. No, you can't, and you've got to have the bacon wrapped around it. I mean, that, 
that's the kind of the blanket that keeps all the stuffing inside, keeps it all cozy at night. Uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a requirement. Now, Stubbs also has something called Smoky Mesquite, the barbecue mini sausages. I would imagine those are like cocktail smokies. I think so, um, but they got the, I guess, special mesquite touch to them with the mini yeah. sausages at Stubbs. And I guess that's something you can do up pretty well. Mini sausages, a.k.a. the Matt Hearman's barbecue mini sausage. No doubt about it. Um, mesquite is a is a very particular flavor. I would, uh, anybody who's going to use mesquite, I would say to uh, use the very, very, uh, sparing with the mesquite. It has a particular flavor. A lot of people like it, but it can be really, really strong. So if you're going to put your little cocktail smokies uh, out there uh, with some mesquite smoke, take it easy. Go go light on it. A little goes a long way. That's uh, all right. Well, let's switch over at Stubbs. They also have something not really so porky. They've got barbecue onion dip. Could you see how that would be a great appetizer prior to a barbecue feast? I can because I've done smoked onions uh, myself. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a sweet onion, particularly in the South. Though they're particularly sweet onions that people like to use. They're Vidalias. Those are probably the most famous. Uh, but they're you know they're different regional varieties depending on where you live that are more local uh, that are sweet onions and they are a particular type of onion. They're grown in particular types of soil that creates a very very sweet onion that you can pretty much eat raw and it's not going to water your eyes they're delicious and if you put a little smoke to them maybe wrap them in foil little Worcestershire sauce even maybe just your favorite barbecue rub and put them on the smoker until they get soft and kind of moist and even creamy uh they're delicious the smoked onion is really fantastic and as a basis for a dip yeah awesome and it's just really good really good stuff if you're an onion lover I happen to be an onion lover, particularly sweet onion. So, uh, yeah, smoked onion, wonderful. We're talking with the barbecue, barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. He's driving down the road. I'm not going to make you pull over and pull into a barbecue restaurant just to get the appetizer as we're discussing all this, are we? <laughs> Twist my arm, John. Twist it a little more, and I may have to do it. All right. Well, I was just talking to you about onions, but I don't know if you heard me because you are driving. You're having to actually work today. I apologize for that. You should be eating barbecue all day. But I said barbecue onion dip, and Stubbs's in Austin has three different types of dip. Barbecue onion dip, the cowboy queso dip, and barbecue chicken dip. Now, how big a deal are dips when it comes to getting ready for a barbecue feast. I guess chips go along with barbecue? I think anything would, uh, well, not anything. I take that back. A lot of things would go pretty well with barbecue as kind of an appetizer, a, um, something to get your palate ready. Uh, so, yeah, dips, um, you know, salsa, uh, French onion dip, ranch dip, sounds like onion dip. Uh, there is a, a particular kind of dish that they, that they do in Florida, a smoked uh, fish dip, which is really fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, when you're getting, so as we all know, if you're going to serve uh, barbecue perfection, you're not generally going to be able to nail it down to the minute. There's going to be a, a time frame there when you've got your temperature correct or your ribs are looking just exactly right. And you know, the natives can get restless, people can get hungry. So it's really nice to have something out where people can kind of just come and go and, and keep themselves from passing out due to starvation if they're waiting for your 
absolutely glorious barbecue creation to come off the smoker. So I think dip is great. Anything that, you know, there's all kinds of different things you can dip uh, into dips. So, yeah, I think chips and dip, and chips are, uh, you know, they're not terribly filling, so you can kind of snack around and still have room for the glorious meat uh, later on. So, yeah, I think dips and, and chips, perfect little appetizer for barbecue. Well, I am a proud alum of Stubbs's Legendary Barbecue in Austin. I probably went there 11, 12 years ago on a trip to the capital city of the Lone Star Republic. And thanks to their website, StubbsBBQ.com, I'm kind of rattling off a few of these appetizers. But guess what, Matt? They actually have the links to make recipes here on their website. And this barbecue chicken dip doesn't sound too complicated. It involves eight ounces of cream cheese, a half cup of Stubbs's original barbecue sauce. I guess that's how they make their money off this stuff. They also request two cups of shredded cooked chicken and a cup of smoked mozzarella cheese that's shredded. All you have to do is preheat an oven to 350 degrees in a large bowl. Combine the cream cheese, Stubbs's original barbecue sauce, chicken, and smoked mozzarella. Then stir until well combined then pour into an oven safe dish and bake for only 15 minutes then you can serve it with celery carrots pretzels etc and that of course is the Stubbs's barbecue chicken dip sounds pretty easy to me it sure does it sounds pretty good too i guess uh if you wanted to really go full-on barbecue you could smoke the chicken yourself uh, yeah you but, could uh, yeah who, who needs to do that though how often can you find shredded cooked chicken that's really good in a grocery store yeah i mean look it might be out there uh but I, if it were me making it i'd probably smoke the chicken myself uh, of course you would you're an overachiever <laughs> yeah well i mean i guess you can call me that i'm not sure everybody would call me that but. yeah well we're calling you that because that's why you're the barbecue barrister now now one Maybe of the average achiever yeah yeah, yeah. The average now we were talking about chips earlier with all these dips but they say here with this particularly this barbecue chicken dip you can serve it with celery carrots or pretzels what do you think of those combinations i think uh you know hey veggies are good for you i think if you're going to have a smoked chicken dip i mean you might as well you might as well go with the with the pretzel or a chip you know what i like is the flat pretzels the pretzel chips you can find at the store i don't know, I don't know if i've had that pretzels, but oh man you know it's you, kind mean, of you mean you don't make them yourself no, I'm not a baker. That's the one thing I am not a baker. So I leave the, I leave the pretzels and the chips to the to the chip and pretzel masters. But hey, a flat pretzel chip that's that's the best of both worlds. You get the nice flat scooping ability of the chip, but you get the nice crunchy pretzel taste. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go ahead and just shill for the pretzel chip. I don't even know who makes it, but it's it's great. Pretzels by Heermans. I believe that's the name of the company. Don't try to kid yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish. I wish. Hey, speaking of veggies, Stubbs also has an appetizer called the Pork Tenderloin Lettuce Wrap. Now, that sounds pretty healthy. That sounds low carb. Yeah. That's what that sounds. That sounds great. Thinly sliced pork tenderloin. Stir together marinade and sauce in a medium bowl. Combine pork and marinade mixture. And then you cook it for just a few minutes, it sounds like, and it makes for a great, healthy choice. So it doesn't always yeah. have to be loaded up with carb. No, no. And pork tenderloin um, is, most people wouldn't know because it is pork. It is. It does come off the, the holy swine. 
but it is uh, healthier by ounce than chicken breast. It is a very, very, very lean piece of meat, um, very low in fat, very high, obviously, in protein. It's all protein, but very tender piece of meat. If you, if you think about a filet on the cow, which is just a sliced portion of the beef tenderloin, how tender and how lean it is. A lot of people like a filet. Uh, pork tenderloin is just like that. It's essentially the filet of the pig and a uh, very healthy piece of meat. Easy to overcook, but uh, if you get it right, it's, it's, again, it's a very healthy choice, very tasty, can be done very well. A really underrated piece of meat for sure. And one other holy swine thing to discuss with you before we turn the page from Austin to Memphis after we get to a break. Matt, Stubbs' barbecue has something called barbecue bacon. Two simple ingredients, a pound of quarter-inch thick slab bacon, and then you need to, of course, have your Stubbs' sweet heat barbecue sauce. You prepare grill for direct cooking over medium-high heat. Using long tongs, place bacon directly on the grill. Only grill for about one to two minutes per side. While grilling, move the bacon around the grill with tongs to avoid a fire flare-up. And then grill the bacon until crispy. And just before removing the bacon from the grill, glaze both sides of bacon with Stubbs' sweet heat barbecue sauce. Remove from the grill with tongs and enjoy. Now, that sounds like something that would be so simple, yet so delicious. Why don't we use barbecue sauce more often on bacon? That's a heck of a good question, John. Heck of a good question. Because uh, bacon goes really... Bacon is really best friends with sweet things. So uh, that makes sense that... (laughs) Uh, that makes sense that Stubbs would recommend their sweet heat because bacon loves sugar, bacon loves brown sugar, loves honey, loves molasses. These are BFF. These are these are holding hands, walking on beach uh, type friends, honestly. So I think that's a great idea. I think have uh, you not done that? I've never done. I will say that I've never done bacon on the grill. Uh, I what? am. Uh, yeah, I know it's going to come to a shock. I always do. We got to go. We're hanging out. We're going to go find somebody else as a barbecue barrister. (laughs) Well, I I, want to sign off. The last episode has been a joy. I've enjoyed it. Now, Uh, one uh, thing uh, to keep in mind, I said a thick slab of bacon, and I'm not sure how common that is. Yeah, I always do thick bacon. I mean, so when you go to your grocery store, there, there is the kind of the traditional sliced bacon that you get in the pack where you kind of see each one of the slices laid out for you. That's very thin bacon. And I know there are some people who like thin and crispy bacon that way. I tend to always gravitate to the thick, hearty sliced bacon that's kind of in the rectangular package. There's all kinds of different brands. Again, I'm not on, I don't know what your local regional brand is going to have, but the thick sliced bacon, if you're going to do it on the grill, it's got to be thick sliced bacon. And I would say the best kind of bacon is thick sliced bacon anyway, if you really like bacon. But if you got the thin stuff, you put it on the grill, that's going to curl up. It's going to uh, stick to everything. It's going to end up a mess. You're going to end up having bacon bits. So <laughs> get, the thick sli- get the thick slices. Uh, you'll never go back. Once you go thick sliced bacon, you'll never go back. Matt Hermans is our slice of barbecue greatness each week when we have him on the Y'all Show. We're not done with him. We're going to keep talking about appetizers. We're going to take it from Austin to Memphis. When we come back, we're going to look at some of the great appetizers served up at the world-famous Rendezvous Ribs in Memphis. That's up next. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about state fairs and county fairs. And can you get some good cue at these fairs that are going on around the South right now? All that ahead as we wrap up today's Y'all. 
interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard, the bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Don't let him catch you with your work undone. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Don't let him catch you on the falling room floor. Don't let him catch you like he did before. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Don't let him catch you in the gambling den. Said he would come in, but he didn't say when. I want to be ready when Jesus Final segment of today's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. John Raw, glad to have you back here as we close things down with Matt Hermans. He's still on talking barbecue and more. He is our barbecue barrister. And we've already been talking about what you can find in the capital of Texas at Stubbs's Barbecue. If you go there, not just for the barbecue, but specifically the appetizers are our front and center subject today. Well, Matt, you and I have found our way to Rendezvous in Memphis. This is a legendary place in downtown Memphis, and it's been a tradition in the Bluff City since 1948. And I got introduced to a Rendezvous appetizer before I ever got to go in there. And I loved it. I still love it. I actually love it at Rendezvous, but I like this combination any place. And I bet you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I'm very familiar with Rendezvous. I'll be curious to see. Does it involve uh, cheese and sausage? Yeah, it is. In fact, they call it cheese and sausage. I always call it sausage and cheese. But yeah, yeah, yeah. does it really matter? No, I think I think you're right. I hate to, I hate to even admit it. I think it is. You know, I think uh, it is kind of a Memphis thing, and I think it's always. I think sausage goes first. Sausage always goes before the cheese. So, well, on, uh, on their a menu officially, it says that the first thing on their menus it's cheese and sausage. Oh, okay. Whoa. So you had I it was, right. Was, you had it right. I, I, I right. had it wrong. Oh man, this is a rare treat. I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. Maybe they just like to uh, go in alphabetical order, but most people, <laughs> I think, most people call it sausage and cheese. But yeah, t- t- tell us exactly I, I, what when they have the sausage and cheese. It's more than just that. What all comes on the little toothpick when you get that? Yeah, yeah, the sausage and cheese platter. I guess I just said it your way. Yeah, the uh, sausage and cheese platter is kind of a, as you know, it's kind of a. a a thing in Memphis. It's, it's an appetizer that's on almost every menu. Even non, some non-barbecue places do it. So uh, basically, you've got a smoked sausage. It could be kielbasa, it could be uh, Polish sausage, any number of types of sausage. Um, typically, obviously smoked and then sliced. Sometimes finished on a griddle, depending on where you order your sausage cheese platter to get kind of the edges of the sausage kind of crispy. But the basic, the basic. Uh, outline of it is a smoked sausage sliced up in a little basket with some cube cheese typically a monterey jack and a cheddar sometimes a pepper jack and a cheddar um you know 
usually a, a yellow cheese and a white cheese of some sort with your sliced sausage. It also comes with uh, peppers, uh, kind of pickled uh, pepperoncini type peppers. Sometimes they'll be sliced, sometimes they're whole. And then the coup de gras would be the uh, liberal sprinkling of the Memphis-style dry rub over all of the aforementioned uh, basket accoutrement. And then you've got some <laughs> Including the sauce. cheese, including the cheese. Including the cheese. Got to be on the cheese. There's nothing. you got to have it on the cheese. got to have it on the cheese. And, of course, you get a little side of barbecue sauce. You can kind of mix it up. It's very, uh, very simple. People will listen to my description and think, oh, so it's uh, cubed cheese and sausage on a tray. Wonderful. But there is something really uh, particularly special about it when the sausage is smoked and that dry rub kind of coats the entirety of the thing and you've got a good barbecue sauce. It's really a Memphis thing. Really good. Really special. I love it. I happen to always get it no matter where i go yeah i love it too and it sounds so simple but boy when you add that sprinkle you have the dry rub and then you combine that with the barbecue sauce both in this case from rendezvous but other memphis eateries have their own spin to the cheese and sausage plate and it makes for a great thing and probably if you especially if you went to the website hogsfly.com that's rendezvous official website that you can order the dry rub and the sauce and in case you don't live near memphis you can have this available probably not that hard to pull off on your own if you don't make it to the bluff city with your own cheese and sausage variation no i think you could probably do it and i think uh i don't know there's something maybe i don't know when that cheese and the and the and the and the rub makes it to Memphis, something magical happens to it. But yeah, I think you could probably uh, you could probably pull it off yourself if you wanted to. Absolutely. And I think from what my very bad memory remembers, and it's bad because it's been a while since I've been in the rendezvous for a cheese and sausage plate, the cheese is always yellow. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a cheddar cheese that they offer there. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah there's always always a yellow cheese on on every one of these sausage and cheese platters. Okay. Uh, Rendezvous, Rendezvous does do the cheddar. A lot of other places have a, a white and, yeah. a, and a yellow. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's got to have the cheddar. Right. I so, like sharp, sharp cheddar. Yeah. yeah, well, I like American cheese, frankly, but I'll take what I can get. And <laughs> again, Rendezvous is not the only place that has this. I've been to some catfish restaurants that have cheese and yeah. sausage plates, and that's a good combination, yeah. too. Also available yeah. at Rendezvous as an, as an appetizer option is sausage. So what's different about maybe what they offer there? Do they just give you a piece of sausage like they went down to the grocery store and threw it on your plate, or do they do something a little extra? Well, they do. So they cook uh, the sausage. And, and here's the, the thing. I, there's nothing, nothing magical about the particular kind of sausage. Like I say, Polish sausage, kielbasa sausage, any kind of sausage you can use. I mean, different different places in that region kind of use different sausages. But the key is that the sausage is smoked to the extent that you've kind of got that crispy uh, casing on the sausage. Um, it's really nice to have the kind of crispy edges on the sausage whenever it's sliced up. And you have that smoke ring that kind of gets in through the casing. The good thing about Rendezvous is because we've, we've kind of covered it. It's another good reason to, to go back and listen, like you mentioned earlier. We've talked about Rendezvous in depth. They've got a very specific type of cooker that uses uh, charcoal only. So you get a particular type of not only flavor, but texture when you cook with charcoal kind of gives it a crispness and a snap to that casing on the sausage uh that is 
really what you want. It is really pretty satisfying, especially when you mix it together. So the sausage itself, I wouldn't say there's anything magical about the sausage. It's the cook. It's the way it's cooked, and it's the texture you get from, again, the, the high-heat charcoal that uh, Rendezvous uses that makes it special there. Well, Matt, we've been talking about barbecue for a year now with you, but when we talk about sausage, one thing that excites me about the sausage, whether you're trying to do the cheese and sausage option or just sausage like we just mentioned, both found at Rendezvous, the sausage, just like hot dogs, comes kind of pre-cooked, right? Uh, sometimes, yes. So most, okay, so most, there is such thing as fresh sausage, but most sausage, yes, is going to come pre-cooked, um, that just needs to be heated or, or I, so when I say cook, I will use the word cook since it's already been cooked. In other words, it's fit for consumption, but it will be cooked to the point that the, uh, that the texture is right, that it's heated and that it's, it's, it's the right type of smoke, whatever you want on the meat. But yes, most sausage, again, is already cooked. That's true. Although that's not always the case. But most of the time, yes, that's true. Well, I'm just saying from a time standpoint, when you have cheese and sausage options or maybe just the sausage option, it's not requiring you to be out there at the grill for an hour. You should be able no, to knock no. this out pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It choose, yeah. Get your best, your favorite sausage. I mean, most, most stores, most areas across our region are going to have local sausage makers. Get your, get your favorite sausage. If you like it spicy, if you like andouille, if you're, you know, on the Gulf Coast somewhere, you can do any sausage you want if you're going to make your own special kind of, uh, you know, a sausage and cheese platter. But yeah, get it, get it already cooked. Most, again, 90% of it is going to be pre-cooked anyway. It should take you 10, 15 minutes depending on how crisp you like your sausage. So you get the 10 to 15 minutes of sausage making. That allows you to pacify your crowd there at the party that you are putting on there, your barbecue party. Then you've got to go back to the grill to get the main course ready. That's kind of how it works, right? Yeah, very. Yeah, the sausage and cheese plate, very um, efficient for sure. Okay, you can already buy you can buy cheese already cubed up. Just use your favorite rub. I would I would prefer a Memphis style rub, but there you go. I mean. Quick and easy, satisfying, delicious, wonderful. Final thing I want to ask about from an appetizer standpoint, this is something found in a lot of different places in the South, a delicious combination. I don't know who, who gets the credit for this. I'll go ahead and give you the credit. Barbecue nachos. That's something they got at Rendezvous. You'll find it at other places too. What a great appetizer. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, what, what, not a whole heck of a lot to say about it. It's, it's nachos with barbecue pork, barbecue sauce, and uh, cheese. I mean, need I say more? I mean, it's great. Some it's people fantastic. put chicken on the barbecue nachos, barbecue chicken <laughs> with cheese. I don't know if you've had sure. that combination. Sure, that's 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 acceptable, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rendezvous offers both <laughs> pork or chicken barbecue nachos. Yeah. I just want to throw right. that out there in case Absolutely. people need a break. If you're like me and you get gout when you have too much pork, I might go with the chicken barbecue nachos and then load it up on the barbecue pork when I get my my ribs. There you go. There you go. I like That's my rib- idea. I like my ribs. Yeah, there no. Uh, I'm I'm still looking for chicken ribs. Haven't seen those yet. So <laughs> got to go with 
Got to go with the pig. I'm sure they're coming. I'm sure they're coming. Matt, as we <laughs> wrap up with you at y'all.com over the next couple of days, we've already rolled out a bunch of these things. We're spotlighting fairs across the Southeast, the state and county fairs, believe it or not, in July, and now working our way through the month of August, September, October. The South, no matter what part you live in, is going to have some kind of county fair near you, some kind of state fair in your state. And I've got to ask you, our barbecue barrister, are county fairs and fairs in general a place you can find good barbecue items? Well, in my experience, uh, maybe maybe not so much. Okay. Uh, the only thing I only thing I can think of, when I think of fairs, and I think a lot of people do, you're, th- you're talking about fried food. You're talking about, uh, I mean, that's kind of what county fairs and state fairs, at least from what I've experienced. You're talking about deep fried stuff. You're talking about deep fried Oreos. You're talking about deep fried butter. You're talking about deep fried candy bars, deep fried onion rings, deep fried everything. That's kind of fair food. You can walk around and eat it. I haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of real, just legitimate barbecue at state fairs. That's not to say that it doesn't exist. There's one thing that we all probably do equate with state fairs that would necessarily kind of fit in within the barbecue definition would be turkey legs. Mm-hmm. So you're always, yeah, you're always going to be able to find, I say always, I've never seen one without turkey legs, put it that way. It's every, at every state and county fair across the, the land, uh, you're going to be able to find a smoked turkey leg, a big old giant drumstick that you can uh, chew on for an hour. And those are always typically smoked. And uh, so, yeah, that would fit kind of the, context of, of barbecue i think so uh yeah that is that's one of the most uh, ubiquitous fair foods out there you think of a fair you think of a turkey leg um so yeah that's that's the bar that's what i would say that is the barbecue you're going to find at a fair and if you can find good barbecue real barbecue uh, at a fair i would i would uh, i would jump on it i just haven't seen a whole lot of it, it just seems like it, it goes along with other types of food fried novelties and things like that our barbecue barrister pulling out the Merriam-Webster today. I love that. Ubiquitous. And we are excited that you are the man that we go to for ubiquitous coverage of all things barbecue, grilling. Hey, have you ever done a deep-fried Oreo before? If not, you need to. Oh, man. I have, and yes, you do. It is really something. Have you had one, John? No, I haven't. But oh, I, can, I can only imagine, and I'm not trying to sing that old song I'm talking about just in reality. <laughs> I can yeah, no, it, it, it's kind of amazing what happens to it. I'm not sure if <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a if it's a good uh, I'm not sure if it's a good endorsement of what actually Oreos are made of, but it kind of melts into a creamy paste that's really delicious. And uh, again, I'm not sure if that's a, a natural thing to happen to a cookie, uh, but it's it's great. It's really good. Now, if we just have deep fried barbecue, can you come up with a way to do that? Oh. Yes, yeah. I've had a deep, I've had a smoked deep fried rib before. We can talk about that some other time. Ooh, Pretty good stuff. that's a perfect setup for next week. I love it. Uh-huh. By the way, again, uh-huh. you can go to y'all dot com and learn a whole lot more about all these different festivals and fairs that are going on now through like i said almost a thanksgiving depends on what corner of the south you're in but it's fair time and enjoy and get you some fair food and maybe if you just find somewhere out there that's got good barbecue available at your local fair let us know here at the y'all show our number 803-816-1170 barbecue barrister our ubiquitous barbecue barrister thank you for coming on today's y'all show i love it 
and I can't wait till next week. Everybody have a great time out there. And he's going to be thinking about deep fried Oreos the rest of the day. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show. When we come back on Wednesday's Y'all Show, we're going to have Precious on to talk about what's going on in Nashville, Music City, U.S. of A. We'll have ACC coverage. We'll get Jonathan Lifeite's take on what happened last week at the ACC Media Days event in Charlotte. And a little bit more information on the ACCN, the ACC Network, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And don't forget that on Thursday, we'll be talking with the Queen of Bluegrass Music. Rhonda Vincent will be on And it'll be a lot of fun catching up with this Missouri native when we have her as a special guest. All that on this week's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We'll see you tomorrow. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed.